Hello and welcome to the Chiropractic Wide podcast. Today I am joined again by Dr. Tommy Dirksen. Uh, Tom, sorry, that's probably just changing your name. I shouldn't do that. Um, and we, prior to this, we were we had a couple of different topics that we were going to record some podcasts on. However, during uh, this incredible time of lockdown, I'm sure everyone's consumption of either Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime has probably increased. And uh, Tommy and I have had some interesting discussions about what we've watched or seen recently and how that relates to chiropractic. So I feel like that's what we're going to chat about today. Would that be okay with you, Tom? That's, that's cool. How are you doing? How's it going? I'm, yeah, sorry. That was really rude, mate. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. So um, I think... Go yes, go for it, you. Okay, one of the most amazing things I think as chiropractors is we often can see stuff outside of chiropractic and easily relate them to chiropractic. Obviously, some of those can just be for fun. Some of those can be a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Some of those can certainly give us some profound learning. But there's obviously a lot to be learned from this different stuff and, and uh, different opinions. But before we start, I just wanted to play you a little clip. Um, and this is a clip of Reggie Gold um, from his very iconic Valley of the Blind talk. Um, personally, have you heard this before, Tom? Have you heard Valley of the Blind? Uh, I've heard it a while back, yes. So for me, this was a very important talk to hear in my journey in chiropractic. I really started to listen to this at a time where um, I'd started to read and study a lot about chiropractic philosophy and because of the way Reggie communicates things, I was digesting a lot of his stuff and this talk really nudged me in the right direction and caused a lot of thought processes in my head and me to re-examine how much I was learning and how much I knew and, and really was I playing up, up being a chiropractor or was I going to be a chiropractor and how different those, those two things can be. But at the start of this, he kind of explained um, pretty much what we're going to chat about today. So have a little listen and we'll, we'll go on from there. Which I think bears repeating today. It's a story written by H.G. Wells called The Valley of the Blind. And it's interesting how even though H.G. Wells knew nothing of chiropractic, he wrote about chiropractic thinking in this story. Somehow, whatever I read seems to remind me of chiropractic. That's like the fellow who went to a psychiatrist. I'll cut it off before he goes into a funny story because one or two people might not find it that funny. Well, I love that sentence that he says, you know, we can look at other stuff and relate them to chiropractic. So with that in mind, what have you been watching on Netflix that has reminded you of chiropractic? Before, before we're going to jump in this, into this, I want to say that uh, when it comes to Reggie's audios, and all of the talks that have been recorded that you can listen for yourself when you're on a walk, going on a walk or going on the bike, they're absolutely brilliant. They have lots of really cool stuff in there. Um, just wanted to say that first. Definitely. Uh, big up, Reggie. Big up, big up. Then when it comes to um, the biggest or the coolest show that I've seen in a while, it's The, the Last Dance, um, showing... Uh, the last season of uh, Michael Jordan's... Um, Not to be linked with The career. Last Dance, the film, which also is a very good film. Really? Very 90s, horrible hip-hop love romance, but 
guilty player. Uh, okay, might have a look at this as well. Yeah, I don't um, know if it be your thing, but still. <laughs> the coolest, uh, the coolest thing that you can see when it comes to um, MJ, Michael Jordan, not Michael Jackson, is his obsession with honing down the fundamentals. You know, yeah. just being the best at the basics doing uh day in day out going there like hit like shooting uh going for the the, the simple shots um going for the dribble you know like hours and hours and hours and i think that's uh that's really for starters um a cool mindset that we as chiropractors uh ought to be taking as well if we want to serve our communities and if we want to be um you know like delivering the goods yeah, so just for a bit of context for people who haven't seen it, um, it's a documentary series that looks back on um, Michael Jordan as the key figure, but particularly around the Chicago Bulls, where they were such an iconic team and how that sort of team came to an end. But it is very inspiring when you watch it, how obsessed this guy is with with basketball. You know, he, he's not playing around. Like, basketball became his life. And I think that is a really, you know, I'm reading another book, um, Obsessed or Average. And do you want to be a master or do you want to be mediocre is another way to look at it. And someone who, you know, something that a phenomenal friend of ours, Dr. Andy Roberts, certainly told us a lot. You know, we need to be obsessed. You need to be obsessed. Success, you know, requires for you to be obsessed and to work at things repeatedly particularly the basics. I mean, I've, um, one of my guys to play rugby with when I was younger, one of, you know, he's gone on to be world renowned rugby player capped by the all blacks. And I was very fortunate enough when I was in New Zealand, we spent a lot of time training together. And at the time when he's 18 or 19, and I'm sure he wouldn't be offended by me saying this, he wasn't the most talented player, but what he did was he was the hardest working and he would always be working on his basics. And even now, when, when we, we catch up, even though he's achieved so much within his sport, he's so successful within his profession, the dedication that he still has to work on his basics, being catch, passing, kick. Uh-huh. And there's no, you know, of course, if we are to apply that to chiropractic and we become obsessed and we're constantly practicing our basics, whether that be your scripts, whether that be how you communicate chiropractic, whether that be uh, your setups for adjustment, your speed for the adjustment, understanding chiropractic philosophy, understanding our principles, understanding the thought process, the basics are where it's at. And, and that show shows that. Yeah. Also, I like... Go for it. So today, today I, I got reminded actually of um, of Andy, um, Dr. Robert, uh, because I was reading um, the story of slipping and checking. Yeah. And um, you know, like some it, it, at some point it says like, ah, it doesn't matter, or does it really matter? Which is one of the questions from the dogs that are slipping, really, uh, and which to be just says, well maybe that doesn't make a uh, difference there and then, but unlike when you play golf, when you, you can see the direct effect of your slipping there and then you can see the results sometimes in off in your office, when it comes to the adjustment or when it comes to your communication or whether it comes to the, you know, like to run in the business as a whole, it sometimes may not pop up that, that clearly. Um, so when it comes to drilling and uh, preparing and, and, and training the adjustment before we would actually, and I'm talking now an, an 
needs a stop or service adjustment, which is pretty difficult and pretty hard. And it's not an adjustment you run and screw up because that could really, you know, like, not be fun on the receiving end. Um, so we have, uh, we have this thing which is called the speeder board and we would track the practice and practice and do them every day. Um, and I would send, I would send Dr. Andy, I would send him videos and every time he would tell me the same thing, put your uh, back foot, put it down for stability. Um, and every time I would be stubborn and I would say like, what, what, what is different? What, what difference does it make? And it, it, sometimes it comes down to just the small details in the basics that can, can, can change the, the whole way you transmit the force and uh, how this person is, it will be able to uh, receive the adjusted force. Hence, you know, like having better results in, in, in your office. Um, Why does it matter though? Is it like, it's certainly a question in phases of my life. I certainly, you know, use, there used to be certain stuff that we'd have to turn up in like a specific training top or a specific, you know, you've got to turn up today in the club shirt and tie or, and I'll be like, what difference does it make? You know, I'm here to play rugby, but what was instilled in me by particularly one individual who is a phenomenal coach, one of the best coaches I've, I've ever been fortunate to, to play for, you know, excellence isn't a tap that you switch on and off. It doesn't just come and go. It's repeated. And that Michael Jordan thing just shows you, sure, it looks amazing when he's out there on the court, you know, slam dunk the funk and doing incredible stuff and getting all the plaudits. But the reality is that was all built in a training room, in his own house where he was at home studying the plays, in, you know, a room where it's just him and a TV screen and he's looking at, other people what they do and how we can respond it you know it's often easy to look at the end product without realizing the hard hard work that goes into it and i think that show really does point that out because whether you say he's the greatest ever you know it's a bit of an irrelevant but the guy was a phenomenal phenomenal person at his job phenomenal yeah and his dedication to it because when, when, when it comes to that question, like what does it really matter or does it even matter when it comes to the small, uh, the small basics or the details, uh, that's a question where you can move on to study and to do your research and to do your investigations and to find out really does it matter? Sometimes it doesn't matter, but sometimes it doesn't make big differences. But for a lot of the people, this does it really matter becomes not a question, it becomes the end, the end station. Well, it becomes a mindset. Exactly. And in order to be, in order to be really good at what you do, you have to be from the, one of the first things is curiosity. And I think when it comes to curiosity and to, you know, trying to figure out and putting stuff together and see where things goes. And I think this is where another show that you just told me about before really comes in, um, into showing like this curiosity that people can have. Which is? Which is the MasterChef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're all of there's a couple of these different ones, isn't there? There's uh, Chef's Table, there's Master Chef, oh, there's chef's some table. other cooking stuff. I, for me, I really enjoy watching. Uh, I think it's Chef's Table or whatever it's it's called, but where it looks at these individuals who are very successful, who have either created a new style of cooking or um, have promoted others. Basically, guys that are at the top of their game following them around, looking at their dishes, telling their story. 
And again, you see this level of, of obsession. But also what I enjoy is these guys openly chat. They, you know, my philosophy is this. Or there was a guy, you know, my philosophy is to use the animal snout to tail. And how they openly admit that these philosophies drive what they do. And it's, again, chatting about the preparation stuff. We often go to a restaurant, see this lovely dish, you know, enjoy it. And in our heads, we might be thinking, oh, well, you know, they've just fried up a bit of fish and added this and that. The reality is that dish, particularly at these top restaurants, will have been worked on for years and years. So we're seeing the end product and often we can minimize it and not accept the amount of work that, that comes behind it. I really, that show for me, some of them I don't find as interesting as others. I always get very hungry watching them, that's for sure. <laughs> but there, there is this, look, success leaves clues all the time. And what you can really see is these guys have followed clues from people that have come before them. And often they refer to the people that came before them and what they learned from them and stuff, which again, for me, relates directly to chiropractic. Like we're very fortunate that, well, we're very fortunate for a lot of the sacrifices in time, family, energy that chiropractors before us gave and did and what they did to allow us to be in the situation we are. So again, is it, it's not just looking as the face of what we produce, but you know, the reason that we're allowed to do what we want to do is because of the sacrifices that came before, you know, these people, Andy Roberts that we've chatted about, you know, further back, Craven, all of these individuals, these guys were bloody obsessed. If you, if you look at the chiropractors that went willingly to jail, to stand up for chiropractic and stand up for our rights as chiropractor to do to do our job and to serve people that's crazy yeah in, time, in times now where we're all sort of on lockdown and there are specific rules and regulations as to whether you can open your practice or not um from a um new uh from a for, for us that we have just opened up our practice and uh, from this perspective now seeing things differently and saying like oh am i willing to open up or am i willing to to go in against specific regulations for the greater good of the community through serving them it's it's big things and you know like of course it's different because there's health uh, issues when it comes to yeah, yeah, yeah. to the whole corona stuff but you know like to go against specific rules and knowing that there can be severe penalties, that's a, that's a big commitment. Yeah, I mean, one of the questions Benny Matthews and I would chat about, would chiropractic survive if you were the last person? Would chiropractic survive? And if you're honest, it's a bloody tough question to answer. Because, you know, you read these guys, these guys gave up a lot. Mm. Like, chiropractic was what they thought about. You know, you need to feed the beast, you know, and you can't be that chiropractic beast unless you're feeding it constantly. And these guys, I mean, communicating with others, constantly studying, constantly practicing, slipping and checking. I mean, slipping and checking is really interesting as well, because part of the story, um, and if I get this wrong, you probably read it a little bit more recently than me, so correct me, please. Uh -huh. Chatting about um, how an individual 
BJ is observing somebody check and adjust somebody and how he is saying that isn't how you at all. That isn't how it should be. These are the mistakes. First of all, I mean, this guy must have been a hero. You've got the, effectively, you know, the top of the profession there. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan myself of, of checking and adjusting people at seminars because you know everyone's watching and it does, sometimes you see, it can become a bit of a showpiece and people almost want to, you know, show off what they're doing and they know, you know, you're going to get judged and all of this sort of stuff and you don't really know the history. But here it was, this guy, I mean, if BJ was still alive, I'm not too sure I'd be the first person to set up in front of him. It'd probably be the best thing for you. Because he, it wasn't even somebody setting up in front of him. It, it was this person setting up on BJ. Okay. BJ had, okay, BJ had, BJ had cramps and had, had like something, something going on and said like, we have to get this checked. Um, so on this conference, uh, there was this guy that, um, a Palmer grad, uh, looked like he knew what he, uh, what he was doing. And uh, he was the most confident saying, I will adjust you. Turns out BJ had some issues with the way that he approached adjusting. Uh, and um, he said the, one of the funny things also is that a lot of the times when it comes to slipping, it's not necessarily, we tend to look for excuses or for reasons why something is not going well because of external environmental uh, conditions. And uh, oftentimes it's, it's the slipping that we are not aware of which which needs which needs checking. So um, knowing that there at all levels of our lives there can there are things that we might be slipping on, whether it comes to relationships, whether it comes to you know like treating yourself well, when it comes to um, you name it, um, and sometimes you're not even aware of it. So just to have a routine or have a or build in um, some sort of a check moment every once in a while it probably wouldn't be a bad thing to do yeah it is a brilliant 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 piece and it does uh does make you think a lot but i mean it is a process that it's very easy to talk about but it's obviously something a little bit harder you've got to make yourself vulnerable but also i think particularly in, in my close sort of chiropractic group, shall we say, I'm very fortunate to be surrounded by people that I really, really respect. Um, and also I'd, I'd like to think that we're, we're at the point where they can hopefully call out stuff that maybe I'm letting slip through the net, either consciously or unconsciously and, and sort of pulling me back on track. And also the, I really do look at it as, you know, the, the tide was it the rising tide raises all boats and if the chiropractor down the street is getting busier and better that's only going to serve us all in in the long run and you know there is a case of we are all in this together you know and i appreciate everyone you know we don't all have the same opinions we don't all have the same techniques but i, I you know I, I think that's amazing i Recently, we chatted with uh, an amazing chiropractor who's 91 and still adjusting. Managed to get him on a podcast, which hopefully we'll, we'll get up as soon as possible. But he was really sort of going on about that, you know, and, and saying, 
you know, you need to have that. You need to have this, this community. You need to be able to, to develop the ideas. You need to be able to open up with people and, and pull each other back. But also, if something doesn't work with me, with my technique, what a blessing to say, I'm going to drive you. And he was actually driving people down the road to another chiropractor to say, look, and I think he, I don't want to misquote him, but something he's like, you know, 10% that might not get result with you, send them down the road and he'll still get 90% results with the 10% you couldn't. And it, you know, it was a different mindset, but what an amazing, you know, mindset. It doesn't work with me. Isn't it brilliant that we've also got different, different techniques to chiropractors. I can pass you down the road and this other guy might be able to help you. Like I like that way that he sort of changed it in my head. That was, that was interesting. Here's another one for Netflix. Have you seen, uh, it's not Lion King, is it? Tiger King. Tiger King. The, about this guy with big uh, cats and uh, going around and having all sorts of crazy, crazy adventures. Yeah, so basically a, a very interesting individual who runs, quote unquote, a zoo um, for big cats and lots of weird, weird stuff happens um he then has got some sort of weird intertwined goings on stroke falling out arguments with other people within his own profession and it all gets a little bit strange but the next time someone says to me chiropractors we've got you know a little bit of an interesting profession and we've got some some interesting individuals involved and some interesting arguments watch that like we are nowhere near that that thing i mean the only thing you say watching that is like what <laughs> what like what the hell just some crazy let alone this guy's got however many tigers effectively in his own place then he's married to two guys who possibly are straight as well i mean and then he's accusing somebody else of murder if you haven't seen it one watch it and realize you know our profession is nowhere near as the state that some people make it out but also, you know, takes all sorts. We've got some interesting, you know, characters within our profession, but we certainly ain't anywhere near that level. Like that is, you, you haven't seen it. I haven't. I've seen some uh, some episodes. They were on playing on the background. So Mate, you, you need to watch it. It is one of the bizarrest shows I think I've ever seen in my life. But you can't stop watching it. It is just. When you think that you can't get shocked anymore, there's something else. And it did make me think I would love it if they made a Netflix show on sort of the last five to 10 years of DD's life. His mm -hmm. sort of intertwinings where he's left the college, BJ's taking over, the argument that ensues, the, the parade where, where DD sort of comes in and storms and supposed, well, one or two individuals saying that he may have hit DD and all of this. I mean, that would be a Netflix show. Yeah. It, over the whole run, the chiropractic history and with all its infinite stories and rumors and um, individuals, individually, it would be, it would be a really interesting show for anybody, for chiropractors and non-chiropractors, just of all of the stuff that has been happening. One of, one of the, one of the things that you just say now is that, you know, like we, we try to think that chiropractic as a profession sometimes is is bad over for for the, sch the, uh, the schism that it has for the, the separatedness that we have within the segments of the profession um 
you know, that it might be strange that we might have all of these weird characters. But what you say now is that when you look at other professions, we're not the only ones that have, that have our issues, you know, like when it comes to um, some papers that Yvonne Villanova Russell has written about chiropractic uh, from a, sociolo a sociologist perspective. I remember her saying at the BSSC Lyceum last year that she said, we're like, we're not the only profession that has its identity issues. It's also dentistry and uh, specific um, specialities within medicine that have their that have their struggles for unity um, without like um, uh, without all of the drama and uh, power play that that, that that come with it. So, all right, look with it with anything, you get a certain amount of headstrong, passionate individuals. There's always going to be some some sort of altercation, whether you know how that plays out, and you get some interesting characters involved and. Um, it's always going to create an interesting environment but yeah in reflection it is never as bad as as we make it out and also i'm still yet to to see a clinic anywhere in the world where that side of it is really affecting it you know still people are be able to come in we can still do our jobs and hopefully over time these uh the infighting, you know, turns down. Often it's just throwing mud at each other for no real gain. Mm -hmm. you know? But again, that's my opinion on it. And, and maybe, you know, it's, people have different opinions. That's cool. That's, you know, it's down to them, what everyone else wants to do. Another, moving on though, because I didn't want to say anything too silly on that. But have you seen The Dawn Wall? Uh, I have seen it, yes. So for people who are listening, uh, if you haven't seen it, The Dawn Wall is an incredible documentary following uh, basically the journey of an individual who wants to climb this supposedly unclimbable route uh, in, uh, I think it's Yosemite in the States, mm -hmm, and the build-up yes. that goes into him trying to conquer this with a guy that he, you know, he teams up with, but... There's just so much in, first of all, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor, sit down and watch it. Really, really incredible. But I, I came away from it just in awe of the one-mindedness of this, of the main individual in it. You know, people said it can't be done, it won't be done. He crept on and just was one-minded. He was gonna make it happen. He's like overall passion for climbing and, his passion to create this impossible task and then do it was just, I mean, the guy's a climber. Hands are pretty important, right? And he has an accident where he loses, like, I think it's this finger, I might be wrong, but this finger here. You're thinking, flipping it. How do you like, how can you climb once you've done that? It made me think, like, imagine if, well, I was a chiropractor, I lost a couple of fingers. Imagine how hard it'd be to start again. Isn't there a rumor about, um... Fred Bards' father that lost uh, that lost an arm, uh, whether it was either at war or some. I'm I'm not sure about this, uh, but they said that he continued adjusting people with one hand only. Wow. So this this guy like loses this, and people are like, no, I'll never be able to climb again. And then, long story short, he comes back and achieves this thing. But just the single mindedness of this individual and he goes through some horrible situations and some pretty tough personal circumstances and just his 
strength of character, his determination, his grit, no matter what was going on around him to just keep going in pursuit of his goal. For me, I found it inspiring. There's obviously a couple of moments where I'm like, you guys are crazy. But then <laughs> sleeping on this like little ledge on the side of a mountain. And no doubt that's what half the time people look at us and think, you know, these guys must be a little bit crazy. But I think sometimes you've got to be a bit crazy if you're going to do what, what people haven't done before. You know, a lot of time we talk about common sense and uh, common, sense is not, uh, common sense is not always the truth or how the reality of, of things is. And um, in order to be perceived as crazy, there's many, many, many people uh, that have lived and made crazy discoveries that were all um, labeled as crazy or some even as um, demons because they they got away from uh, from the whole religion game or they went towards it and like there's been so much going on that the common sense a lot of the time is not that common or the, how how yeah, I think I think that is the question, isn't it common common sense is not that common yeah yeah. But yeah, the dawn wall is, there is a couple of moments. There's one moment where it pans over the, the rock face. And I mean, I don't know how tall this thing is that they're climbing is ridiculous height. But I genuinely had that moment where I was like, <gasps> just sat on my, on my sofa. But it was um, genuinely inspiring watching it. Uh, when was it? A couple of years, like two, maybe three years ago now, we went to the States to go to Calzem. Mm-hmm. Um, we were there with maybe five, six other other chiropractors, and we went for a road trip. Uh, we went to Yosemite, and we've seen uh, we've seen actually where where yeah, yeah. He, where he uh, climbed up, and it's big, it's big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely a, a driven man. But the whole story, I just um, I just really found it inspiring, like. And also, if, if this guy can climb this wall that's impossible with one finger less, you know, what, what are we limiting ourselves to? What as chiropractic are we limiting ourselves to? And it, it's a tough question to answer because there's certainly limitations that we put on ourselves individually or as a profession. Now, of course, there's certainly limitations of of matter and, and limitations of time and there are you know there is the reality side of it but do we sometimes play a bit too small i certainly have been guilty of that I'm certainly guilty of that but this guy is just he didn't didn't play it small at all is mind-blowing mind-blowing you know jenny one of the things that surprises me is that now with all the shows that you're talking about most of them are about how the mindset of a chiropractor, you know, can be inspired by some of these shows. Is there any direct things from the philosophy of chiropractic that you see in shows on Netflix? Yeah, definitely. I think some of the easier ones, there's an amazing documentary. If you haven't realized that I quite enjoy watching a documentary, it's one of the ways I like to to disconnect um, and relax. There's, I might have, might have the title wrong, but I think it's called Chasing Coals. I'll make sure that it's in the description. Um, and it is um, explaining corals and how they function and the, you know, how they live. And uh, there was just stuff that I never knew. Apparently, coral's the only uh, living organism within the world 
that can create its own ecosystem. And about they're chatting about how they think some corals are communicating with others. Um, I just found it incredible. The sort of analogies that they're chatting about these corals need to resist external forces to be able for that internal environment to grow. I thought that was quite like a nice, nice analogy. And within that, you really see the, I don't like to say destructive because obviously uh, is a lot of perspective, but we often, you know, we, we chat about universal forces being destructive. And in that, you can see that a lot of the, like the power of the ocean, mm-hmm. the, the forces that these corals need to be resistive of or adapt to, to be able to survive. I thought it was a really nice sort of parallel there between us as humans having to resist an external environment um, for our internal environment to function better and our internal environment to be in a better place. That's a very cool example of adaptation and how universal forces may be uh, destructive when they're not well adapted uh, because they are unadapted and they, they are raw until uh, until DNA intelligence um, responds to them. What about you? Any any analog- Anything that you've seen that you? <laughs> when it comes to the to the whole uh, Earth and uh, Blue Planet and all of those shows, it's it's fascinating to see you know like uh, the amount of different species we have and uh, how many different expressions we have of. of of innate intelligence, how many, um, when it comes to camouflage and when it comes to different abilities and when it comes to how these species survive and uh, keep going on and, you know, like keep moving upwards. Uh, The only problem with it it is that when I'm watching those those shows is that uh, David Edinburgh's voice keeps me, puts me to sleep (laughs) pretty pretty quickly. One of the great, greatest voices out there it, those blue planet ones they do <coughs> they obviously as well point to a lot of organization and again i i like the way that it looks at the world you know is it a random place or is there organization and when you see these programs you know like the ant that gets eaten by the bird and then the bird gets eaten by the monkey and then the monkey is like you know, how we have this organization within the world and how all of these things interplay into this ecosystem and you, and the, the comparison between the body having all of these separate things in organization that works in the end for the greater good. Uh, I quite like that. And obviously it's just fascinating to see how certain creatures have within them an innate ability to perform certain actions you know like the 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 turtle that's never really met the mum you know it was left as an egg and then goes off and yet there it goes off swimming still knows how to eat still knows how to replicate still knows how to you know all the signs of life are there and that is it hasn't learned that from its mum it's just doing it i find that fascinating as well Definitely, definitely. Perfect. So before we wrap it up, the ones that we've covered, just in case in case people want a hit list, we've got The Last Dance, story of Michael Jackson. Yes. How dedicated he was to the basics. Mm-hmm. Then we chatted definitely. about 
We chatted about chef ta- chef ta- chef's table, your favorite. Chef's table, again, chatting about how philosophy of cooking leads them to their how and their what of their, of their co- I don't want to say cooking because makes it sound like my mom is an amazing cooker. She is in, a, in the kitchen rather than, you know, doing what they're doing. We also chatted about, <laughs> yes, our profession might be interesting at times, but we ain't nowhere near the old Tiger King. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then of course we have um, we have all of the nature shows and the documentaries that that, that you know like show Blue Planet and, and Blue stuff. Planet. Looking at organization of of the environment that we're in. How um, we chat about chasing corals. How corals adapt to the environment. External forces, and then of course the dawn wall, which again is uh, another one of my favorites for just seeing. I think in slipping and checking chats about, I know, are you a chiropractor or do you do chiropractic or something along those lines? Yes. It was, I think I actually asked you the other day, what does it mean? What's the difference between playing golf and playing at golf? Yeah. I mean, that particular sentence, I I mean, I'm sure it can be interpreted in a lot of ways, but I like to look at is, are you a chiropractor or do you do chiropractic? Mm. Because the chiropractor is, you know, for me, the analogy of, it's the rugby player that lives for rugby. They eat correctly. They train at the right time. They're getting the right sleep. And in the same way as a chiropractor, is it something that we go to in the morning and we check in at, at nine o'clock and we leave at, at eight o'clock and that's it? Or, or are we actually a chiropractor? Do we live it? Is it something that this is our, our passion? Is it something that we're studying, we're reading, we're interested in? You know, starting with that clip, is it so in, embedded in us that we can see chiropractic in other things? this uh, this worldview uh, that the philosophy of chiropractic that chiropractic offers us is that become your standard to go to lenses or is it something or is it like different sunglasses that you put on and put off uh, during during your um, during your life you know like are you just seeing things chiropractic when you're in the office or I think as well that's e- easy to tell because we I think we can all look at individuals who live chiropractic and live for it and those people we're blessed to have so many within our profession and how hard they work and and how they serve their communities and then of course like within every profession you do have people that is just a job but that you can see the difference in that and there's you know there's nothing wrong with just having a job i would just hope that everyone has something that really excites them that they're really passionate about that you can do that daily and as as chiropractors what a blessing that this thing that is so easy to be passionate about like you just got to see the results you know it's so easy when it comes to the question if you are if you would be the last chiropractor would survive um if chiropractic is your job then that would become a very difficult question to answer because you're like, oh, well, I should be doing this, I should be doing this. And uh, this is not for everybody because when it comes to, you know, like whether chiropractic would uh, survive, it comes to socio-political forces and economic forces that you have to deal with. And this is just not everybody. Um, If what you're doing in the office every day, day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out, is, is there to serve people, to serve your community, then you're doing you're doing your job you're doing your thing and 
um, if somebody would want to um, add add their services or, or put f effort and work into other parts of this profession as a whole, which is also very important, that's great. But you have to pick for yourself, okay, what really makes me happy and what really makes me excited, what gets me fired up. And if that's the one thing, cool, do it. Then if it's the other thing, cool, do it. And it's okay. You don't have to be everything. You just have to pick what's yours. Yeah, I think a nice way to draw this to a to a close. Obviously, we've tongue-in-cheek chatted a bit about Netflix and stuff, and I'm I'm sure people will be able to mention some other shows that we should watch. And someone told me recently that there's possibly a chiropractic documentary or something on there that I need to to, to catch up. But one of my strongest memories is um, of my grandfather, who was a, a very interesting man. Um, he, he said, find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And he was extremely passionate about, um, about helping people and selling furniture. And that was his passion. He was just passionate for people. And people, you know, I'd be in the shop 40 years later and they'd remind me about how they bought their first sofa off of my grandfather or they would ask about him, you know, still 50 years on. And I do believe what he, he said to be very true. I don't think that it's all roses and there's certainly some days where you've got to dig in and do the dirty stuff that you don't enjoy, but chiropractic isn't, you know, chiropractic's pretty much like anything else in the world when it comes to this. If you're passionate about it, it becomes a lot easier. And personally, for me, my passion really started to grow when I understood the why behind it, because that was my real driver. So I hope that everyone on this call, uh, everyone listening to the, sorry, the podcast has uh, learn something a bit from it. Tom, before we go, anything to wrap it up? Pretty good? Uh, pretty good here. Good, good, good. Thank you again for joining us. Um, please make sure that you uh, subscribe to the Chiropractic Wide podcast on watch it, whichever platform you are listening to us so that you can receive all of our future podcasts that are coming out. Make sure you get to our Facebook and Instagram, the Chiropractic Wide and keep on going on, guys. Speak to you soon.